everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Laurie Time from the other side of the water cooler. It's your boy, Zach. <laughs> I just finished paying off my student loans. It's me, <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Laurie Time. Today, our special episode is, if you enjoy it, because I know Zach enjoys his good old fantasy adventures. Yes, sir. Yes, I do. I would. I thought I would open up a can of worms, and it, which is actually one of my favorite childhood books. So it has like a lot of sentimental value to me, so I read it with my dad. That was like a, I would yeah. read it first because I read a lot faster than he does. Yeah, and then I'd read it to him. We'd I'd give it to him, and so there's and so it is Aragon. Aragon, Big. the greatest travesty of my lifetime is it didn't get the movie adaptation it deserved. Um, just so many a long line of disappointments. <laughs> that was the first one. That was one of the big ones actually. That was one of the first series outside of like Harry Potter that I really was like, oh yeah, this really like connected with me. I, I like I remember seeing like that that book cover is stuck in my mind because I saw it everywhere. everywhere. Yep, 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 yep. Um, it was so Aragon. For those of you who do not know, is uh, a a book written by a, a writer named Christopher Paolini. And Christopher Paolini, uh, the reason this book earned some fame is because he wrote it at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So he graduated. So the story is that he graduated high school at fifteen. He was homeschooled. Yeah, and he wasn't ready for college. So he wrote Aragon, just like the paid, fill. Off, paid off much more than college ever would. <laughs> ever would have. So he wrote it as like a uh, like yeah. like how do I fill the void between fifteen and eighteen? Yeah, and so he wrote Aragon, which went on to sell. I think so. It's part of a book. Uh, I don't know if this is the series in and of itself. I think the first book, from my understanding, is it sold 24 million book copies, which at 16, like 18, is fantastic. He's like, set. you wish it was that. Yeah. Um, so he wrote it. It was uh, released in uh, 2001. So it was self-published. And then uh, someone discovered it. So Car- Carl Hiasen... Uh, brought it to the attention of Knopf uh, Publications, and then it was republished in 2003. Yeah. And that's when the... To the moon! To, to the, the moon! And so, uh, it's it's actually kind of a, a chunky book, I'm going to be honest with you. 500 pages. Yeah. Uh, I was reading it digitally because I don't want to dig up my copy. Okay. Um, and that one is about six hundred because he's re- he's releasing another character's story. Yeah. Now, so they added that you know and find that they get a sneak preview. Yeah, of the next book. of the next book. So that's what's on. So it's like six hundred pages, I think. That is chunky. That is that's very. <laughs> I'm just sitting there kind of like, don't talk to me. I gotta I'm go. Reading. I have a week. <laughs> Wacky racer. <in> <laughs> I'm not even reading the words. I'm reading. Was it first? Like first, first word of the first page. Like second, like last word of the last. Only page. the bolded words. Yeah. Oh, this is important. Highlight. <laughs> Just like I studied. Um. So, so yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. And so, I'll, at eighteen, every we dream of selling twenty four million. Like oh, that's yeah. I dream of selling twenty four million now. <laughs> Get me out. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> And so, so obviously, anything. <laughs> for so for his age, it got a lot of like, wow, like this is really in depth. Yes, because and so he created his own language. Yeah, that's wild to to, to go with it. That's um, insanity. So, 
so he, he it, Tolkien, he's not, but he created his own language, and it fit. His world building is very strong. Yeah, for sixteen, which yeah. is very impressive. People, I know people have like, oh, sixteen, but come on, think about where you were. at Think at about 16. what I was doing at sixteen, bro. I was still just like playing with mud and sticks yeah. in the fucking woods, we bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> this man was writing a language. Okay, like, yeah. um, so. <laughs> I'll read some reviews um, on Goodreads, the uh, the IMDb of books. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I think I think I'm just legally required to say that at this point. <laughs> we, and we just have like a love hate relationship with Goodreads. Oh we, my goodness! Oh my goodness! The real centerpiece of the reviews, honestly. Uh. So one of the big critiques of it is that it recycles old fantasy tropes, which. If you really read most fantasy, it all really kind of comes from Tolkien. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's amazing that Tolkien was essentially able to establish the fantasy genre by yes. himself. Oh, yeah. Like, like he, you know what I mean? Like, he took fairy tales. Like, he, 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 he kind of took that. Yeah. And he, like, but, like, the basis of almost everything that we, like, consider, like, high fantasy is traced back to one point. Like It's totally, yeah. It's, it, it, at some so point, good. there's a Lord of the Rings reference somewhere. Do you have a... Do you have a party? Do you have an elf, a dwarf, and a like, <laughs> like the way yeah. the way elves are represented? Yeah, it's that. That's D- him. Dungeons and Dragons is literally if you, if anybody like likes Tolkien but doesn't like Dungeons and Dragons, you're just not you're just missing out on role playing as a Tolkien character. No, that's exactly what it is. Like, it's, yeah, and so and so obviously there's there's a lot of like the classic elves don't, and dwarves don't get along. Yeah. like that's classic and all that stuff, but it's like he's sixteen guys. What are we doing here? Yeah. It's going to be a little derivative. It is a little derivative. And there's a lot of influences of Star Wars and yeah. Lord of the Rings. Like, the first book is episode four. When I was 16. <laughs> those were the two biggest, like... Yeah. That, you, two... that, that was the shit when you were 16. Like, I... Yeah. Because... And it's... And, and he, it, it's... Literally, the story's about a farm boy. And it, it, it goes back to, like, when we talked about on... Uh, plug for our last episode where we did our, our squared circle talk mm-hmm. about vampires and, and why, like, why do women like romance novels so much. Yeah. It really is the like I want to be I want to be the boy randomly chosen to yeah. carry to to be the have the dragon to have the lightsaber to have the wand and, you know what I mean yeah and, I want to be the dude and I think it ties it too because a lot of Aragon the story of Aragon is him growing into this task he's given yeah and so that's what's really fun is that you see kind of a lot of like Frodo in him yeah of like I was given I was I someone who was gonna do this but me yeah I have to do this. I have to do it so let's. Let's delve into some Goodreads thoughts. A lot of... A lot of from the darkness. Yep. Uh, standard... Oh, this is a one-star review. Uh, standard fantasy fair. Except that while most fantasy author, authors lift their plots only vaguely from a previous author... Oh, fucking K. Aragon is simply the plot of Star Wars with the Lord of the Rings paint job. It's true! Mm-hmm. It is! But it's fun! But it's fun! Who fucking cares? There's a reason it still goes on. Um, that the uh, Paul Paolini, there's a bunch of uh, plots, plot reveals. Uh, Paolini also resembles other fantasy authors by denying that he's a fantasy author, instead imagining that he's a great literary talent. In his own words, in my writing, I strive for a lyrical beauty somewhere between Tolkien at his best. Don't know who Seamus Heaney. Oh, and Seamus Heaney's translation of Beowulf. Unfortunately, his control of language is more akin to a piece of Harry Potter fanfic. 
That's a bold statement. That is a bold statement. There are some days that I wish my parents ran their own publishing company too. However, if such a boon would require me to write as obliviously as Paolini, I would have to decline. Oh, this is a bitter man. Oh, yeah, I know he was 18. But so was Byron when he wrote Hours of Idleness. Don't know what that is. And Pope when he wrote his essay on criticism. Both of which sound like enthralling reads. The essay of criticism. Fuck you. (laughs) I'm not reading that. Essay of criticism. If Paolini doesn't hesitate to compare himself to, as what he sees, in parentheses, literary greats, I certainly have no problem with letting my criticism fall with equal weight on his little bit of fluff. I think the reason that I keep returning to pulp writers like Robert E. Howard, don't know who that is, is that those authors just wanted to write exciting stories instead of the next literary event. Authors who lack pretension often write very good stories, but they aren't forcing themselves to write overblown, overly complex stories. Many modern fantasy authors do the opposite. They write redundant escapist yarns and then get upset that no one considers them to be literary greats yet. There is nothing new or interesting here for anyone who has read fantasy before. It's just a rehash of old cliches. The writing, pacing, and characterization are substandard. I wasn't surprised to find that a teen boy wrote this book. It's exactly what I would expect from a teenage fantasy fan to write. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of bitterness. Honestly... It really is. And that's like the biggest thing is that it's a lot of rehashings of old fantasy. That's like literally like this one right here. It in all caps. Why does this book read like er, this is another one, sorry. Why does this book read like it was written by a fantasy obsessed fifteen year old? Oh, never mind in all caps. Is that why is that why is um this is me verbatim. Okay. Is that why is has every single one moth eaten fantasy cliche three question marks? Bolded, by the way. If you're going to criticize something... Get your grammar right. Get your grammar right. I don't usually I care about grammar. But if you're, especially if you're criticizing a book. <laughs> at least get basic sentence structure. People keep naming authors. Maybe it's just... Maybe I don't know fantasy authors as well as, well as I should. Well, it's like... So, it's like a music thing. And I'm guilty of this. But it's like, oh, you like popular thing? He let me list some obscure, like, <laughs> some obscure music from, like, Germany, like, house techno music. That's real music. You know what I mean? Like... That has the art in it. And right, like, you've never, you've never heard about Art House from <laughs> 1972? <laughs> like, <laughs> you missed the, the Grateful Dead jam sesh of 1968 where they jammed for 37 hours and you say that you appreciate the classic? Like, what are we doing, that, no, no, that's literally what it is. It's, <laughs> oh, you like this book? Well, I read this one book from 30 years ago. <laughs> you don't read the essay on criticism? <laughs> oh, you fucking moron. You plebeian. Sipsty. <laughs> how dare they? How the gall? The gumption. <laughs> it's like Paulini actually, in all seriousness, used Diana Wynne-Jones humorous the tough guy to Fantasyland. Don't know who that woman is. I'm sure she's wonderful. That's great. But okay, as a technical, as a real technical manual on how to create the Aragon universe. And the proud parent. This is in italics. And the proud parents of a budding new Tolkien, instead of proudly allowing him to read it out loud at family gatherings, decided to publish it and unleash it upon the world. People still had to buy it. 22 million copies, motherfuckers. Somebody still had to buy it. I don't know why I'm getting so upset. <laughs> well, because it makes it sound like you're dumb for liking it. Yeah, and I think that's... 
that's the thing we really do talk about on this when we read reviews. Yeah. It's like if you don't fuck with it, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, but it, it, it's trying to make you. It's what it's doing is it's not attacking the work. It's like saying, and if you like this, you're a fucking lemming. Yes, and you need to read the essay on criticism. Fuck you. And all a bold. Emboldened, the only way to actually enjoy Aragon is if you have never encountered a single fantasy-related story in your life. And that includes Star Wars, by the way. Yes! Because they all come from something! Star Wars was stolen from from Akira Kurosawa's stories. Yeah. And Flash Gordon. (laughs) Rudimentary, my dear Watson. Rudimentary. Get the fuck out of here, dude. So, there's more to that, but the guy wrote a manifesto to shit on this 18-year-old's writing. So let me pull up. Let me pull up some banger five stars that hopefully have. Did he ever talk about these reviews of his work? Uh, maybe. He honestly, now that he's an adult, he kind of looks like the dude who is the voice of Olaf from Frozen. He looks like Josh Gad. Yeah. Which is fine. That's not a criticism of him. No, I did see a picture of him, and I was like, huh. Yeah, you know, the other guy looks like he'd write fantasy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he looks like he'd read. They all kind of have like the same black hair, and glasses. Mm-hmm. He, he's got like a, the, the a beard. beard, a little chubby. Yeah, wears a wears a sport coat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thinks that's the epitome of like fashion, fancy. Because shout out to Brandon Sanderson. I've seen him do that too. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Con, first of her name, mother of bunnies. Five stars. I don't care what anybody says. I freaking love this book. I get that it's so freaking cheesy with a Gary Stew and a baby dragon and a weird elf. Um, anyways, it's great. There you go. There. Done. Uh, yes, it literally checks all the shitty high fantasy, young adult, wet dream with an... Oh, he, he's an orphan special character. And dragons and elves and Deuces Machina up to Ying Ying. But I don't care. I loved it the first time I read it and I still love it now. The movie was an unmitigated disaster, which is probably more accurate than how actually good the book is. Uh, I.e. not very. Like I said, I get the haters, and in theory, I should have hated this book. But I don't. So, huh. There you go. There you go. Live your life. It is. In, the movie came... So, there's a movie that came out, and it plays like a, like a B-level fantasy movie. Can I, can I tell you my dark? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't really... So, I saw this movie when I was very young. Okay. I don't really remember it. Okay. I remember enjoying it. Okay. I don't, I don't, but I couldn't tell you a thing that happened. <laughs> but I remember finishing and being like, that was, yeah, that it was, was the best. Yeah, that was it, yeah. But I, again, I was probably like 10. Yeah. So, well, no. Which is because Emmett, who's been on the podcast, loves the movie. Really? And it bothers me because the, and that doesn't bother me because it's, it isn't a good, it wasn't a well-made movie. Yeah. But I love it. I don't like the movie because the book has so much like well done world building. Mm-hmm. Like, and I guess I have appreciation for world building as someone who's DM'd for D and D, and it's difficult to make shit connect. Yes, eventually, right? Like right. that's why One Piece is a testament to writing, right? And so I was like, no, there's so many good things that they don't include in the book and the movie that the book has. And you're like, oh, that's kind of fucking cool. Yeah. And, like, I was explaining it to Ashlyn, and she was like, why did they put that in the movie? That's really fucking, like, yeah. that's really cool. And I was like, oh, I don't fucking know why they didn't do they that. They didn't do it. didn't have time. No. Although, the voice of Scar plays the Obi-Wan Kenobi character, so. That is cool. Did the movie make money? Uh, let's find out really fast, everybody. I do not have that information pulled up for us, so. 
Let me see if I can find... Okay, that was an out-of-pocket question. I no, just... it's okay. We like out-of-pocket questions. I was just curious, because... Because uh... they stopped at one, I think. Yes, they did stop at one. Uh... Let's find out here. 75 million, uh, 250 million worldwide. It is the fifth highest grossing film with the dragon as its focal point. Okay. And it is the sixth highest grossing film of the sword and sorcery uh, subgenre. So it did well. From my understanding, yeah. It was 16th highest worldwide grossing for 2006. That's pretty good. It sounds like it did well. It did well. I wonder Oh, the budget was 100 million. That makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. It made two hundred and fifty million box office. So it did well. Yeah, that's uh, it. Just it just got bad reviews because you could tell that they did not put in like high level writing. No, so 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 it made the money back twice over, and then they just called it good. Yeah, essentially. Um, which again, there's a lot of like like the, the there's a villain they introduce and you're like, what's his deal? And like, no, you find out his backstory mm-hmm. and it's really interesting and you're like, oh. So, the bad guy, Darth Vader. I'm going to be honest. Dar- bad guy's Darth Vader. Vader. 100%. 10,000% actually. It's, it's Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. It's Darth Vader. But it's fun. And it's like, like I said, I appreciate good world building. It's and, hard. And like, you know, with an- we watch anime and it's so easy to get bullshit. Like power level bullshit. Oh, yeah. And it's a really interesting... They ex- So... In the fourth book, they ex- so basically everybody's like, well, within the confines of the rules, he shouldn't be as powerful. The bad guy shouldn't be as pow- powerful as he is. And they have an explanation for it. And you're like, oh, he has an, he has this MacGuffin that breaks the rules. And lets him do his own thing. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So, like, that's... You're like, okay. Yeah. He he plotted it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. He the he, he does a one-piece thing. He, he there's, there's a prophecy that's told that comes up in the third and the fourth, fourth. book. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So he's, it's there, people. It's there. Open your sheeple. Sheeple. <laughs> um, let's see what other. Okay, five star. Before we get started, this person has the the powerpoints. Um, uh, please do not judge this book by its movie. <laughs> That's fair. I read Aragon for the first time when I was fifteen. Same. I've reread it five times. Uh. And I kept, uh, and every time I've loved it just the same because it was a book that introduced me to fantasy. And it's true. It's mm-hmm. a very good, like, what's high fantasy like without, because yeah. Tolkien wrote his Lord of the Rings and, like, hear ye, hear ye, mm-hmm. ye old and right. And then you have, like, The Wheel of Time. Yeah. And, like, Dune, psychotic. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a good, like, hey, I'm 15. 15, and I'm going to learn it. Yeah. I want to understand high fantasy. And then you can go into Lord of the Rings and then see, like, where it all kind of It all from. fit, yeah. Um, so a little more information. Yeah, so he decided he was not yet mature enough, so he wrote Aragon. Uh, and then he, so he wrote it for two years. So he wrote the first year of the draft, the second year he fleshed out the characters. And so, yeah, so they have their own publishing company. Um, and then he, tra- he, he advertised it. Shout out to him. Yeah. He, he literally traveled to various schools and was like, hey, here's my book. Check That's it out. That's cool, Yeah. You know, as us being, I guess, we're not entrepreneurs, but, like, a self-done. Yeah, yeah. The grind is real. The grind is real. You gotta get there, hey. <laughs> you gotta be proud of your shit to tell people to check it out. You have to be very proud of your shit to, like, hey, here. And so the, the guy who discovered it, the Carl Kiesen guy that I talked about, mm-hmm. his stepson was reading it. And he was like, what's going on over here? <laughs> what's and, he this? Like, and he read it, and then he was like, oh, this is actually kind of dope. And then it got re-released. Uh, and, yeah, so it went, it went from 2002 to 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's four books. 
And so he wrote it as a cycle. Yeah. I don't know how cycles work. I feel like I could Google it and understand how a cycle works, but I don't want to understand how a cycle works. (laughs) But he wrote four books. So it's Aragon... uh, Oh, I should know this. It's Aragon, Eldest, Brisinger, and Inheritance. Those are the the four ones. So each one has a cover of a dragon. Each of these dragons plays a pivotal role in the plot. And then the fifth one is called Murtog, which is about a character in the first book who's introduced, who has a very big, like, character arc in it. Um, I love this book. You're going to see me get very passionate about it, as we do with all things here. But, um, alright, take take a seat uh, at the tavern table. Uh, don't listen, listen, lean in close, though, because we don't want the Empire to hear about the story of the Dragon Riders and Aragon, the... The rebirthing of the Dragon Riders, I guess, would be what he, his, he is. His, he is. He's the 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 last, the last first Dragon Rider, B. and his tale in the uh, the land of Allegation. That's what it's Allegation. called. Allegation. So our story begins with a chase. <laughs> Tell me, if you, as all good stories do, with the chase and a woman who is portrayed as a princess. Huh. Well, no. So this, so this, so there. It's told to the point of view of this thing called a shade and okay. so a shade is a sorcerer who has, has been possessed essentially by evil spirits okay and so they get like they're essentially they're immortal okay the only way you can kill one which is explained later in the book is through a, like being stabbed in the heart kind of like a ring wraith kind of yes except they have like he has like red hair oh, that's cool and he's like this being of magic and so he can he can also kind of break the rules of magic that exists that I'll explain okay. a little bit and he's with a group of what are called urgles urgles are the orcs of this world and in the in the movie, they have them like face painted as like barbarians. Yeah, and that's not really it. If you've ever looked at for anybody who's listening, look up uh, Baphomet the Yu Gi Oh card. That's what I picture. So these okay. like these big like so they're like eight feet tall. Okay, and they have these giant like ram horns. That's cool. And then they have advanced versions of them called the Kull. and the Kull like literally are like the Urukai. They just, they can out, like, so they said that they can't ride horses because horses can't support how big they are. Oh, okay. So yeah. they just run. They just book it. They just, yeah, and like how, like, when they're chasing them through the, like, they just run it. Yeah. They just, yeah, they're yeah. just like these eight to ten feet tall ram horn. And, just, and they, like, they said, like, five men at one time can't kill, like, they're, like, scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they ambush these elves. And so they're trying to get this, one of the elves is carrying this thing in their back, on their satchel. Essentially, and they're able to kill two of the elves, but and they are able to eventually corner the last elf. But before they get her, she takes this blue stone out essentially, and then like, mad says magic words and magics it away. Okay, okay. And no one, and so so they they take her. You are, you're a member of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. traitor. (laughs) Take her away. And so she's imprisoned in the city of Gilead. Now. I've, as for those who don't know, Zach, I have sent a map of Aragon. Which I which I right Because there now. is a lot of traveling that will occur in this story. Um, it takes... Our next thing is it takes us to the village of Carvajal, where Aragon, who is a 15-year-old boy, lives with his uncle Garrow and his cousin Ro- Roran. Um, so he is an orphan. He does not know... His, his mother left him with her brother, who is his uncle Garrow. And he uh, does not know where he came from, and but he loves his brother Ro- uh, cousin Roran like a brother. They're they're essentially family. He's out hunting in what is known as the Spine. So the Spine is this large mountain range, and so it's actually feared by the villagers. 
there's stories that entire companies of Galbat. So the, the evil king, his name is Galbatorix. That's a that's a great evil. It's name. a very good evil name, and so he has sent men into the spine at period at various points in history, and they have just gone missing. No one knows what happened to them. Uh, they're like the, so. There's whispers that there's magic in in the forests that it's just treacherous. No one really knows, and so Aragon's unique in that he can go in there. But he, but the reason he's hunting is because his family lives on the outskirts of town, so they don't have access to a lot of the supplies. Right. So Aragon hunts for them. While he's out there, he's about to hunt this deer when, uh, ta-da, this blue egg stone thing appears. And he's like, what's this? And he picks it up and takes it back home with him. Um, he ev- eventually sets the story. Uh, so Aragon very much is, t- is, he has the mind of a 15-year-old. A lot of his negative traits are he's very impulsive. impulsive. He doesn't really think about his, he doesn't understand that his actions and when dealing with the world have weight right and so he enters town and there's a man named sloan and we don't like sloan sloan is not a nice person sloan's bad sloan is not a good person he's the town butcher i'm sorry what was the name of the town again carva hall okay there it is which i actually used for a D campaign once <laughs> i got it and so uh so he goes to sloan and he's like hey i found this thing right what's it worth and he's like i'll give you like three bucks for it and he's like get fucked <laughs> No, he's like... A hot dog on a handshake, baby. No, and so he's like, well, we need food for our family and stuff. And he's like, well, like, I don't like you guys. So take it or leave it. And he's like, I guess I'll leave it. And so he leaves. And he's and so actually you, you're introduced to another character whose name is Horst. Now, Horst will become a very important character in the second book on. Okay. Um, but for right now, he's just the village blacksmith. Okay. And he's a homie. So he confronts Sloan. And he's like, why are you being a bitch to the Aragon? Give him, he's like, I'll buy the meat, you give it mm-hmm. to him, and we'll deal with this later. And Sloan's like, I'll get you, Aragorn! Play your games! Keep playing your games, Aragorn. I'll get your blue stone. Yeah. And so, uh, he, everybody's like, what's Sloan's deal? And so you find out, so uh, so he uh, Aragorn reveals that he found this near the spine. Okay. And you find out that Sloan's wife fell in the fall, like she went off the falls. Oh, oh. So she died, either she killed herself or she died. No one really knows... If it was intentional or a whoops and fell down the stairs. Um, But ever since then, he's very wary of it. And he's just kind of, you know, like how they show most men when their wife dies, they just become raging dicks. Yeah. But he dotes upon his lovely daughter, Katrina, who secretly is in love with Rorin, Aragon's cousin. Okay, okay. Um, You discover that Rorin is leaving to the town next to him Mm -hmm. in order to essentially make money so he can eventually propose her. Mm -hmm. So that's the storyline that's that's going on. And Roran isn't just like a cousin. He will play a very large role in in the story. Not at this book, but in the the next two or three books. He becomes like one of the guys. Okay. And he's just like, he's like a military uh, Imperium dude. Just a dude with love in his heart. And a hope in his eyes. And a hope in his eyes and a hammer. Have you ever... So you've never read The Wheel of Time? No. This is a lot like The Wheel of Time. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I guess that makes sense. Um, and so basically, he's kind of like, I have this egg. I don't really know what to do with it. And they kind of establish who the characters are mm-hmm. in the story. Um, and you meet uh, Brom. Brom is this churlish old man who tells stories. And he tells this story of the Dragon Riders. And essentially, so the dragon riders were this, like, 
outside judicial force. They were able, they had access to dragons, as they did, and they actually were living on this island nation. Like they own this, they live on this rock. Yeah. Essentially, and it talks about how they were like the arbiters of justice. Yeah, kind of like the Jedi. Yeah, and they would fly around the country and kind of like settle disputes and prevent war. Yeah, because we have a dragon. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I'll fucking blow you up. And eventually, their uh, Lord Galbatorix, uh, he had a dragon, and his dragon was killed by Urgles. Now this drove him mad. And he wanted a new dragon. He went to the, the 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 dragon riders and was like, "Hey, I lost my dragon. Mm-hmm. Can you guys get me a new?" And now a thing that we'll talk about once the dragon comes into play. I'll explain a little bit. But they said, "No, you don't get another dragon." He eventually blames the dragon riders for not giving him another dragon. Yeah. And so he actually kills a rider, takes his dragon, and like makes it evil. Okay. And his name is Shuri Khan. Great evil dragon name. This big black dragon. Yeah. And corrupts it. And then rallies 13 more dragon riders to his cause. And it's a cool setup. It is a cool setup. And they are known as the Forsworn. Okay, like, yes. He's pulling from other things. Yeah. But it's fun. But it's fun. And it's done... Like, if you're going to do, like, a substitute for Jedi, people riding around riding on dragons... dragons. The shit's cool. Like, it's yeah. not like... I don't know. Yes, it is... Holding from other things, but who fucking cares? But who fucking cares? It's cool. So Galbatorix led this rebellion against the Dragon Riders, killed the leader mm-hmm. essentially, and uh, was able to essentially destroy the Dragon Riders as a whole. Um, dragons ceased to exist, except for the thirteen that, or fourteen, including Galbatorix, uh, and that's essentially what happened to the Dragon Riders. And so Brom's like, at one point they will come again. Right. I guarantee the Dragon Riders will rise again. Uh, and that's blasphemous. To Don't say. say that. Right. Because Galbatorix wants nothing to do with the Dragon Riders. So to say that, and Brom's like, they will come again, I promise. Ah. But Aragorn loves that stuff. He's cool. Like, the, the Dragon Riders are larger than life. They're these yeah. heroes of justice, and they've solved problems and, you know, right. all this stuff. And so Brom's like, one day they will come back. And liberate <laughs> the world. Yeah, essentially. Um... Time goes on. And there's a very big time skips. And there's a podcast I was listening to. And, you know, Mazel Tov to them. But one of the issues that they had was how quickly Aragon gains his abilities. Mm-hmm. And that's really not the case because it's like over the course of like a year and a half. Yeah. This book is a year and a half chronologically. Right. So he has time to kind of develop his skill. It's Are not just like he just like wakes up and is like, oh, I'm, I'm at power now. Wee. Yeah. So at one point. So basically he's trying to like. So he tells people about this egg. Like, what is this? Yeah. I don't know what this is. And so when you can't break it. He's they've like hit it with hammers. And he's, he's hit it with like metal, and then nothing's working. Eventually, a baby dragon hatches from the egg. Oh my god! And he's like, "Oh, sick!" Now, so what he does is he uh, touches the dragon, and then what happens is is you're given a silver mark on your hand. So where wherever you first touch the your dragon, it puts like this silver mark and so in the language that he created they're known as the argit lam okay which means silver hand because okay. and so it's wherever the rider first touched their dragon leaves this silver like like mark in the middle of their hand okay that's cool in the movie they made it a big e <laughs> uh. <laughs> so you know big e big e and uh, so he has his dragon and he's like how do i 
do this? Mm. What do I do with this dragon? And so the nice thing is that... And so he, like, creates this, like, little alcove out in the woods, and he just, like, drops it off there, and then he begins to, like, raise it. Right. And they grow very fast, and so eventually he runs into Brom again, and he's like, hey, like, you talked about the dragons, what's the deal with the dragon riders? Yeah. Like... What do you know? Like, give me some names. Yeah. And so he reads this list of names, uh, and then he, at the end, with a look in his eye, he mentions the name Sapphira. And so he goes back to little, little blue dragon... And begins to like kind of like give it names, and it's like eh, eh, eh. Yeah. And then he mentions Sapphira, and he's like, "Oh, you like that?" He's like, "Oh, you're a girl dragon." He's like, "I never thought to check." Oh, 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 oh yeah, it's a girl dragon. Oh. Um, what? So eventually, what happens is so she begins to grow, mm-hmm. and what's fun about the dragons, and what he does is he eventually develops a mental link with her, and. What you find out, essentially, is that they... Like, there is no... Like, that that dragon is your other half. It just, that is your... That is not just your buddy. That is your partner. Gotcha. That is... There is no secrets. You're, it, you're, you're mind-linked. Yeah, essentially, you're mind-linked to each other. And she's like, I'm Sapphira. Like, hello. So, so, so she actively talks to him. Yeah. And it's fun because she kind of serves as, like, his conscience. And so a lot of... The political games is them talking to each other, going like, "Do we trust this guy? Like, what's the, oh, that's what's, cool. what's the thing?" And so, uh, as with all dragons, they're wiser than their years. Yeah. They can live forever. So she serves as his counsel. So this they reincarnate. They don't live forever like that. They they can die. I got you. But they if you find out if they, a little bit later, Aragon is explained if they're left to live, mm-hmm. they'll be as big as like hills. Oh, okay, that's cool. If you just let it live forever. And so, at this point, Roran leaves. He's like, I got a dragon. <laughs> what do I do? And then at one point, this, uh, Sapphira grabs him and is like, you need, I'm taking you away. Right. And he's like, what, well, he's like, what's going on? And he's like, there are some men who have shown up that I can sense, and they are like killers of dragons. And these people are known as the Razak. Okay. So the Razak are these, like, bird things. So they walk around with hoods. And all you see is this beak, almost kind of like a, like a death bird yeah. thing. And they just like, they talk in like hisses. That's and, sick. And they, their breath smells like raw meat because they eat people. That's sick. And they are the servants of Galbatorix. And he's in the village and he sees, uh, he overhears that them torturing Sloane. And Sloane says, the egg is with Aragon. Go to him. He's on the outskirts of town. And so at that point, he goes, Sapphire, we need to get to the thing. And so Sapphire grabs him and is like, we're not going to the thing. I'm taking you away from here. Right. And he's like, no, they're going to kill my uncle. And he's like, no, you need to let me go. And she's like, if you die, there's bigger ramifications happening. Right. He goes, eventually, they camp out. They come back. Uncle Garrow's dead. No. Now, well, not dead. He's dying. Right. They blow up his house, and in the rubble is Uncle Garrow. And so the thing, though, is that he has these unique burns that exist, and they don't know how to heal them. Mm. For anybody who has ever, know, like, doesn't know anything about burns, the reason burns are dangerous is, one, because they're open wounds to mm-hmm. infection, but also dehydration. Water leaves through these damaged skin, and you can't really be hydrated. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, basically the village is like, what's happening? What's going on, Aragon? 
And he's like, well, he, he can't explain that he has a dragon, right? Right. Because then that makes him a target. He's right. like, I don't know who to trust. And so eventually he runs into Brom, and Brom's like, Go with me. Basically, he's like, you have a dragon? You, you idiot. Yeah, and so Brom kind of talks. He's like, I'm, and so he's like, why do you want to be with, he's like, so you're going to go get the Razak, right? And he's like, and he has like a, a mark on his head. And he's like, what happened? He's like, they got to jump on me. Yeah. I tried to save your uncle. They got, they got to jump on me. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Like, if I had been faster, your uncle might not have died. Right. And he's like, well, who's this bizarre man who's here? And Brahm's like, well, I'm a storyteller. Like, you know that. I want to, can I follow you guys? And yeah. I'll tell your story. Because I'm just a man who likes to, to, to sip stories. Yeah. And they're like, all right. He's like, I, he's literally, because like, he's like, well, I want to stay. And then Sapphire's like, well, we don't really have anything here. Yeah. You can't keep hiding. And he's like, I can't keep hiding. More people are going to get hurt. So that's like one of the big moments is him learning, like, I have, I, I'm being called to duty, right? Right. Like, yeah, in the yeah, hero's yeah. journey. And so Brom kind of serves as like the lore dump for us. Yeah. And he talks about uh, dragons. And he talks about how um, essentially that he must love, essentially him and Sapphire are one. Now, a human can exist without their dragon. A dragon cannot survive without their human. Okay. If Aragon dies, Sapphire will die. Okay. Just like they they talk like the mental like pain pain kills kills, will kill the dragon. That makes sense. And so, Aragon is a dragon rider. Uh, he is the only known rider in Allegatia uh, right now, other than the king. So okay. So Brom tells him he's like, "You need to understand that you are in a very unique position because nobody knows what side you've taken. People will try to gain your favor to get you to be on their side." Is the king evil? The king is very evil. Oh, oh they're starving. People are starving. Oh, you're not- gonna find out how evil he is in a second. Okay. But essentially, he's like, so Garrow dies from his injuries, and that's when Brom comes in and is like, you need to tell me what happened. Um, and he's like, right now you're in a unique position because Galbatorix doesn't know that you're, uh, you, he doesn't know what side you're on. Right. So if he thinks he can take you and sway you, he's going to keep you alive. Right. Because he wants a dragon rider at his side. Now, if you defy him, it's open season and we're all fucked. Right. So you have to kind of like play like, this out. Play this out. You have to play, like Sapphire has to hide when they go to villages because mm-hmm. they can't just like oh I'm a dragon yeah, yeah yeah and so on and so forth. Um, along with that, uh, Brom gives Aragon a sword. It is a sword known as Zarok, and it is this red sword. And you discover that like lightsabers, they all the, when a dragon rider is becomes a dragon rider, they're given a sword and it's forged by the elves. Okay. And it never breaks, it never dulls, and it is meant to match this the the scales of their dragon. Okay. You got a blue dragon, you get a you blue, blue sword. Scale. You yeah. get you got a and so this sword is red. He's like, I took it off of the man who owned it. His name was Morzon. He he was the leader of the Forsworn. He's like, I killed him. I'm a bad dude. I I'm a bad man. But he's like, but I have his sword, and here you go. You're a dragon rider, you deserve a dragon rider sword. Now, much like <laughs> other evil swords, people don't like that he carries it around. Yeah. Because it's murder. So even Sapphire's like, that thing has killed dragons. I don't really like it, but we need it. Right. Hold on to it till now. So they begin to, dra- to, to travel, and essentially what happens is that every night, Brom teaches him. Mad, he teaches them how to sword fight. He teaches them history of the dragon riders. 
Just like kind of, yeah. This is where the lore dumping and the ex- exposition comes in. Um, they they pass through a couple towns. Um, eventually they they get a horse. Uh, they get a couple horses because they're like Aragon. They go to Theron's Ford, which is the town where Roran is, and mm-hmm. they're like. And so he's like, well, I don't want to see my cousin because I'm kind of responsible for his dad dying. Right. So there's this whole thing going on between that. Um, and so at that point, they get a couple horses. And so they get a horse called Snowfire. And Snowfire is very reminiscent of Shadowfax. Okay. It's like be- be- beautiful white horse. You know. It's gallant the- beyond its means. Yeah, 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 So it becomes Brahm's horse. And so it, they, they go on along their adventures. And they just travel from town to town. Um, eventually, they end up in a town. Uh, let me see if I remember it correctly. It's uh, Yazuak, I believe. Forget the map. Now they show up to Yazuak, and everybody's dead. Everybody has been murdered and piled into the middle of the town, <laughs> and on a large pike in the middle of that pile is a baby. Is a baby. Is a baby from the mind of a sixteen-year-old? Not a baby. a baby. And so this is where. They Sorry, are, what was the name of the town? Uh, Yazuak, I believe. Okay. Um, and so, Aragon discovers magic at this point. So he says this word called Brisinger, which leads to his arrow catching on fire, and it launches and it, it like goes off like a bomb. That's cool. And so Aragon's like, I did it! And then he passes out. Also, friend. Because they've been ambushed. Brom gets, right. like, t- knocked out. Everybody's like, fuck. And so Aragon's like, I gotta fight to survive. Um, come to find out. So Brom wakes up and he's like, you moron. You've been, he's like, you've been unconscious for two days. Yeah. And he discovers that he accessed magic. As, as a dragon rider, he has access to magic. Much like all mythical dragons are. Right. And so along with that dragon magic, he actually has a, a prolonged life. They live for, like, several hundred years. Right. And won't really age till later at the end of their life because dragons live forever. Right. And so what you discover is the ancient language. And so this is where the power structure or the, the power leveling kind of works. Okay. So uh, you have what's called the ancient language. Nobody knows what it's really called. Right. But it was like this, primor- it's this primordial language that the elves speak. And essentially what it does is it's, very, it's a very literal language. Um, you When you cast this spell, you're actually... Command, you're saying like lift, lift this rock. Right now, the limits are of you is your own physical ability. It saps you the same way you would do the same physical task. Oh. So if lifting a, a heavy rock is difficult for you, lifting that rock with magic will also be difficult for you. Now the language is also very important because if you say lift this rock without saying until X happens, the magic will continue and then you die. <laughs> So you have to be very specific. Yeah, so you have to master the language before you can speak it and cast spells because you can end up doing wild shit. And then and Brahm's like, that's how a lot of people die, is they go do this. The task is enormous, and it kills the person because they don't have all the energy. Yep, essentially. So if you're like, hey, move this car, you would theoretically not be able to do that. If you could not physically do it, you couldn't do it magically. That's actually really cool mm-hmm. and very... That's very original, too. It is very original. It's a very unique thing. And also, too, it's a language you can't lie in. Mm. So a lot of times, later in the stories, when when they meet people who can speak it, they declare their intentions in the ancient language to show they're not lying about who they are or what their intentions are. That's cool. Now, the elves know how to get around it. 
as all elves, right? Yeah. Elves, are, elves are tricky. Right. <laughs> but ancient elves know how to, like, they mean one thing and say the other. Kind of the other. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. not lying. I'm just yeah, not telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm telling you the whole truth. So Brahm says, here's what you're going to do. Here's a pebble. Lift it. He's like, okay, I tried it. Now do it again. Essentially, he's like, what we would do when we, when what they would do when they would train the dragon riders is they would give them tasks that would frustrate them because it comes out in your emotions. Right. So eventually, they would, it would be like, like clean the dirty water. Right, right, right. And then they would get so frustrated, they would tap into that well of magic and then release it and go, oh. That's how it works. That's how it works. Okay, that's cool. And so he, so then he teaches them the ancient language and how to do all these things. And he gets, and it's pretty creative. Um, at one point, they're fighting guards later in the story. But he says the word, I think it's thrysta, which means compress. He, cr- he crushes a dude's heart. Oh, because you could crush, he could crush a heart. Yes. That's, so you have to like get around. Yeah. Like, you couldn't be I... crush him because you couldn't crush his armor. Yeah, you crush the weakness inside of him. That's cool. That yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's really nifty. It is really nifty. And so like very powerful wizard sorcerers could like, kill a group of people yeah and say like die or like break and like all their necks would break and they right. all die that's like what could happen in theory um and so then what he then explains is what's called the wizards or sorcerer's duel and so he tells Aragon like we're gonna teach you how to like mentally fortitude build mental fortitudes and so what, what wizard duels are is we would essentially look at each other mm-hmm. and we just begin to probe each other's minds right hopefully you have built a strong enough defense um, if you can break through the other person's mind, you control them. And then they're fucked. That's... And that's why wizard duels don't don't involve speaking. So he says no one really speaks in a wizard duel because that means that I could... I know what you're going to do to me, and in that split second, I can say something back and then kill it. And then we both die. Right. Whereas, like... So that's why you want to go in, neutralize them, and then they're stuck, and then you kill then them. Then you kill them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So That's it's very, cool. Yeah, it is, it's a very unique, like, yeah, so a lot of times, like, later in the books, they'll see show, like, the magic uses, and they're just kind of, like... Staring at each other. And then someone dies. And you're like, well, they lost. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, God. But not only that, but it's very hard to find good magic users. Because they die. Because, yeah, they die or they kill them. But it's, it's very hard to find high-level adept magic users. So if you find one, congratulations, you found... Right. You know, your guy. It's like finding a dude who can use the Force. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. They eventually end up in the city of Tyrm. It's this coastal city where his, Brahm's friend, Jode, Jode, it's Jode, Jode lives. Jode. Uh, he lives next door to a witch named Angela and her companion, who is known as Solombum, and he is what is known as a werecat. And he's, he's just a little black cat who turns into a boy. We're not entering anime land uh, just yet. No, not yet. But... Uh, he meets so during this time this is how Aragorn begins to develop his skills every night he fights Brom and he's like I can't beat Brom at sword fighting and then he practices his magic and so that's what's kind of going on there um eventually they end up in Tyrm they meet Joe he tells Aragorn Joe is this really good friend of mine he's worked with me He's like, after we kill the Razak, we're gonna. I need to figure out what to do with you because we need to go. The, so the, the throughout the world, the, throughout this land, there's a group called the Barden, and they are the rebellion. Okay. They're the rebellion, and so Brom is hesitant to take Aragon to the rebellion because rather than just accepting that he's a Jedi and we're all for the common good, he's like, there's a lot of like Game of Thrones happening. Right. A so, lot of internal politics. So he's like, you going in being a naive 15 year old 
a we're lot take of advantage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, Aragon, you kinda need to grow up a little bit and like we need and then I'll set let you in. Um so the reason they're in Terum Terum is because they find a bottle that has what this this substance called Seether oil. Now it is this unique oil that when it is like cooked the right way, it will burn uh organic tissue. Okay. And the Razak use it to torture people. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. But only they use it for that purpose. Other people use it to clean, like, jewels and things right. like that. So, so Aragon's idea was, is what if we look up who's buying it all? And then we can and then trace we, it. And then we can trace it to where their hideout is. And then we show up at their hideout and kill them. That's cool. That's a good idea. That is actually a good idea. That's solid logic. A, yeah, and Brom's like, that is a good idea. Yeah. So he's like, my buddy Jode is a merchant. We can go. He can, should have access to the files. We can go in there. Do and some, see who's buying it. And see who's buying it. Um, while they're there, Jode's do, Jode and him begin that Brom have these like secret kind of talks. Mm-hmm. And you get a little bit of what Brom has been doing, which is that Brom had a role in helping steal the egg. Okay. So okay. Brom worked for the Varn at one point, and he's yeah. like, "We got separated, Jode. I'm sorry. Like, and I had to go hide in Carvajal because people were looking for me." Yeah. He's like, "No, I get it." So Jode was like the smuggler. He was kind of like a Han Solo character. He's he was like, like he was a smuggler. Dude. He's like, "I'm hiding out here. I've gone legit." But he's also like smuggling. So there's a southern continent called Serta. Okay. And that's where like the, that's where like the annex like they were like we've, we're independent of the, the empire. Like, we're chilling. Yeah, we're chilling. Don't talk to us. And so he's like, I sent supplies down there to support the rebellion. Yeah. Like, I'm doing all this stuff. Um, while they're talking, Aragon goes out. He meets his witch, Angela. And so Angela... It's funny because in the movie, they're like, she's like this like witchcraft, like voodoo mama juju kind of character. Yeah. And in this, she's just like, I'm a witch. What's up? They had to give a more uh, visual representation. Yeah, she's literally just like this girl with curly hair. And she's like, huh. She's kind of like Moog from uh, the Kings of the Wild. Book. Oh yeah, kind of like a huh? What, what's going on today? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dabbling in stuff. Let's see what happens. That's cool. And so uh, he kind of talks to the cat. So the cat talks to him mentally, yeah. and he's like, "I'm solemn bum." Like, hey, like, what's up? And he's like, well, "You're a cat talking to me." He's like, "I'm a war cat." Right. And so Angela comes out and she's like, "He doesn't really talk to people unless you have some form of importance. Like, he only speaks to you when there's something he needs to Just tell say." You. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, you want a fortune red? And he's like, sure. So she takes these knuckle bones of a dragon. Yeah. Um, and Angela's kind of hinted at, at being like more, she's kind of like loopy, but it's more like a, like, uh, there's something going on. There's a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she rolls his fortune and he is told that there will be a betrayal at some point in his life by a family member. Um, there, uh, there will be a severe death that will happen at some point. Um, and that at one point he will leave Allegation and never come back. Okay. In what order that happens, don't really know. But it, but it'll be in some order. It will be in some order, yes. Uh, Solemn Bum then tells him, uh, when uh, when you're in need of something, you will look under this tree. It's called the Cathari tree. Uh, the Minoa tree. That's what you will look under. And then when all is lost, when he's like, and then when all hope is lost, you will go to the Vault of Souls and speak this word and there there will be the support that you seek okay that's it that's all he gets well, you know that's actually pretty good for free for free fortune yeah easy. easy angela also makes a comment of i haven't had somebody who has this difficult of a fortune to tell besides this woman who was here 15 years before 
And she's like, huh, strange. And Aragorn's like, that Ooh. sounds like that might have been my mom. Bitch. And that is what Angela says. She's like, I know these three things, but you're one of the few people who doesn't have a predetermined fate. You mm. can do whatever you want. And that's cool. She's like, she's a, she had this is a really good line of like, you are free from the shackles of fate, but at the same time must take the responsibility of not having a predetermined fate. Right, like, like you make it yourself. Yeah. But you got to live with those consequences. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that's his thing, is that he really, like, that's what Bronco is telling me. Like, you have a lot of power to just be free. Yeah. You, you just could walk just, around with a nuke, essentially. Yeah. You could just be a beat farmer for yeah. if you fucking wanted to. But you can't, because it's Spider-Man. And with great power comes great responsibility. They end up discovering um, that... The oil has been sent to this town, a city called Drasleona. Now, Drasleona is a wild city. <laughs> it is, uh, they have this, like, stone mountain temple thing called Helgrind. Oh, God. And they sacrifice people there. Big. Not only that, but the priests like to chop their body parts off because, like, it, it's them removing pieces of their mortal coil. Coil. So, yeah, so it's just dudes on, like, chairs with, like, no legs and feet. Or hands and feet. Oh, that came out of the mind of a 16-year-old yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they go in, and so they're walking around. What are they sacrificing to? Just this, the Helgrin. It's like this death thing. It's like a death cult. It's like a death cult. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, but they sacrifice slaves. So Drasleonis is one of the few cities that has slaves. slaves. Or not few. It was it was it was outlawed by the the dragon riders, and then when King Galbatorix became king, he was like, "Why not? Why not? Let's own people." Also, he is King Galbatorix is king. Yeah, Galbatorix. He's big evil bad guy right now. Um, so they get into the city, and so they're kind of like, "Hey, like we'll wander around a little bit, let's see what happens." And Aragon enters this church. Okay. And then, by God, bad the, idea. The theme music starts playing. He turns around, and the Razaka there, and he's they're like, "Hey." And he's like, you oh, too, huh? oh, shit. So the thing about them, though, is that outside of elves, there's not many people that can fight the Razak. Right. It's elves and, like, dragon riders. And there's not a lot of dragon riders going on right, right. now. Right, so that's that's it. Yeah, that's it. So the, And no one really knows where they came from. They're kind of like, they have, like, this Dracula backstory where, yeah. like, the, the idea is that these eggs were on this ship when it came to the country. And they came from the eggs. And they came from the eggs, and then... There's only there's only two of them. Oh, there's only two. From what the people know, there's only two. That's cool. And they just and they just work for the the Galbatorix and they just hunt like dragons and like like people of interest. Um so they run into him. Also fun fact, when when after this happens, uh uh Brom talks to Aragon before this happens and talks about how he was involved with the Varden mm-hmm. and that I had Sapphira's egg. I was one of the ones responsible for that. And I was supposed to tell the Varden that I had found the egg. They should have sent messengers to meet me in Carvajal. But they never showed up. Mm. The Razak did. So. He's like, so in reality, those guys were looking for me. Um, if if Sloan hadn't said that you had the egg, nothing would have happened. Probably. So it's all Sloan's fault. So it's it literally, he's like, literally, I'm an orphan. Like, this happened by coincidence. Yeah. Big coincidences. That's that's a really... I don't know if it's a twist. It is kind of a twist. It's a, like a subtle one. You're it's like, a oh. subtle twist, but it's actually like... 
Like, oops. Solid. Yeah. Like, 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 that's a really solid, like, oh, it was just, a, I love things that are just, like, coincidental. I think we talked about this before, like, like coincidental. Like, yeah. things that set off. The chain reaction. Yeah. yeah. And that's what really happens. He's like, fuck, like, my bad. Like, I don't know. Like, he's like, so, like, I'm sorry. I couldn't, like, it really is my fault. Your uncle's dead. I yeah. Just, I just want you to know I'm sorry. Oh, my bad, dog. Yeah, like, oh, I didn't think it was going to go this way. <laughs> um. So, they end up, so, so, Aragon gets chased. And so the thing about the Razak is you always want to fight them in the daytime because mm-hmm. they don't like the sun. Right. You fight them at night, it's like fighting a vampire. They're more powerful. Yeah. They got, yeah. So they manage to escape, and they're outside, and they're, like, chilling. Um, and then they get jumped. Yes, they get caught. They get jumped. They get caught by the, by the Razak. The Razak are like, you thought you could hide, fucker? <laughs> Much like... And then they tie him to the pole and they watch them beat Sapphire. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, so dragons can be essentially overwhelmed. That's mm-hmm. a thing that, like, they like you can pierce their, like, wings and they right. can't fly. And then people and then, just, and then you jump on top of them. Hold them down, get his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So that's, like, a thing. But, man, and they always, like, a way to get to her is, like, they threaten Aragon. Like, right. we'll kill him if you don't shut up. Okay. Right. So, but I think at this point they, like, yeah, and they, Sapphire gets away. Right. And so they grab, uh, they grab Aragon, uh, essentially, and Brom, and they're separated. And at this point, uh, he uh, he he gets visions of this elf woman who's being tortured. Oh, big! And it's he's like, I think it's the elf woman who knows about you. This is the save B Obi Wan Kenobi, but she's just being tortured. Like, yeah, he's like, she's in pain. We must go save her. (laughs) She's hot. And so they are saved uh, by a man named Murtog. Okay. So he's like, he he literally shows up dressed like Aragorn, like with like when he's Strider. Yeah. Like hood on, bow and arrow. He's shooting people and shit. And he's like, "You guys, we're gonna escape. Come on, come with me." And so they're fighting, and so they're fighting the way out. And that's what I think Aragorn does. That like, he says like, "Thrust that." He like crushes the dude's like heart. heart and then like stuff. So that's what you can do. He's like break. Break their necks, like that's cool. Yeah, essentially, you can kind of determine how people die. So, so basically, you have to, but you have to train your body with yeah. that in order to be like. Yeah. So there's like a lot of training they go through. They eventually like learn how to like, like the force. They can sense life around mm-hmm. them, and they can like, this is an ant. This is a person. Oh, we don't like this one. Die. Right. Right. Stuff like that. Um, they're running. They're like, oh my god, what's going on here? Da da da. Uh, one of the Raza gets a knife. Flicks that motherfucker. Brom goes, no! Takes one. Takes one for the team. Takes one for the team. Brom goes down. And Aragon uh, goes out. Aragon goes unconscious. Okay, this happens a lot. <laughs> he has a lot of brain. Yeah, he does. Uh, and so Sapphire is, able, they're, Sapphire is able to show up, grabs all of them, like, and vanguards them out. And he wakes up, and he's like, yo, what happened? Like, Brom's dying. Like, I don't know how much longer he has. So he grabs Brom, and they're talking. And he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I had, I've kept a lot of things from you. Right. And so one of the things you don't know is that Brom has a glove. Oh no! Uh, he says he's like, get get the uh, get get my water. And he's like, so he does like a, a swig of it, and then he takes his hand and he pours water on it. And he also so has the silver. He was a dragon rider. He was a dragon rider, and his dragon was named Sapphira. Ah, big. And she he lost uh, Sapphira to Morzan, and so. Brom, much like John Wick, went on a rampage. rampage. No, literally, as he's dying, he's like, there's 13 of them, about eight of them are mine. 
I killed about eight of them. Ooh. And I killed more than. <laughs> I've killed a lot of a people. A lot of people. They killed my dog. And so he was like, I, you know, I came to Carvel Hall. This is my mission. I was sent, I had to train the next dragon rider. Right. And he's, you know. Uh, and so he gives Aragorn his blessing. He's like, let me give you my blessing as, you know, former dragon mm-hmm. rider. And and he dies. Really? He actually dies? He dies. That, that's actually impressive, too. He, he dies. Yeah, the, the Brom die. Oh, so Aragorn's like, what do I do? do? I don't have like a mentor character anymore. To right, like, I've got this this other guy. I got yeah, I got Murtog. Murtog, yeah, but he doesn't seem trustworthy no. with a name like Murtog. And so then what they do is so Sapphira doesn't know how to access her dragon magic, but for Brom she like touches like so he buries him in rocks, mm-hmm. and Sapphira touches the rocks and it turns into this like diamond tomb. Oh, that's cool. And so like it shows him like resting in it. And so he leaves, like, here lies Brahm, a dragon rider, like, a friend, like, right. make you live on forever kind of thing. And he's like, well, how'd you do the, the diamond thing? And she's like, I don't know. I just did it. It just, it just felt right. What does that mean? Yeah. But, but it's cool because she touches it. He turns, he's like, and now time will never, like, ravage him. Right. And then he's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and so him and Murtaugh become companions. And he's like, I don't like the Razak either. I'm against the Empire. And he's a like, war against the Empire. He's like... I'm not really. I don't really like. I don't, uh, uh-huh. and they're like, oh, okay. Well, and so he's like, "Well, Sapphire, do you trust him?" He's like, "Well, he saved you." So yeah, like in theory, yeah. Um, and so they travel, and so you find out a little bit about him. He's like, "I, I worked in like the court with the Galvatorics. Like, I was near it. Yeah, I don't really like him. That's just my thing." And so. Uh, they eventually become friends, and he kind of carries on the tradition of sparring with him at night. And he not... like, keeps it up. He kind of slides yeah. into that role, that yeah. like, mentor role. Because eventually, Brom stops training him. He's like, "You've beaten me, like, and he's like, is I killed dragon riders, right? And you beat me. So like, there's not a whole lot more I can. Who else are we gonna fight? <laughs> yeah, but Murtaugh can keep up with him, and he's like, "Oh, this is new. Well, it's nice because you like you keep up. And... Yeah. And so that 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 begins their friendship. Um, they discover so they believe that the city of Gilead has information on how to find the Varden, um, and so they travel, and this is where their friendship grows. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Aragon gets captured again. Aragon, my man, and this is where he discovers that there's a female elf, <sighs> and uh, he's like, "Oh, it's her." You. It's Princess Leia. <laughs> you. And so. Uh, he is able to uh, he's able to kind of so he discovers that they're drugging him okay. and it's to lower his power like he can't access his magic he can't do all this stuff and so he's like okay well if I stop eating <laughs> I will be able to I will yeah yeah I'll be able to do this I mean that makes sense though and he does and he stops eating and eventually he's able to pop open the thing meanwhile Murtaugh and Sapphira have staged an escape and he's like fighting his way out and they're like what are you doing you're supposed to be in the cell. This is how it's supposed to work. Now we ruined it. Now yeah. we're all fighting for our lives. And so he's been communicating with the elf, whose name is Arya. And she reveals that she sent the egg to him. And she also reveals that she's like, I'm unconscious because I put myself into this magic sleep because they poisoned me. So they would poison her every morning. And every morning I'd break my bones. bones. But they would poison her at night and I'm in the morning. At the next morning, they would give her the antidote. They poison her again, 
give her the antidote point. And they just kept like, that is what you know. Because oh, it's like killing her. Yeah. She's, she's feeling awful. Okay. And so, yeah. So it's like weaken her mental defenses and they can't seem to pierce it. Um, upon which the, the shade appears. So you find out that the shade is the one who's been Im- imprisoning the elf. And his name is Durza. Durza the Shade. And so Murtog manages to shoot him in the head. But like I said, they have to die through a right. stab through the heart. So he just like, and like disappears. Disappears. And a big cloud of evil. Yeah, a big cloud of evil. And so he's like, hey, how do we get to the Varden? We need to get to the Varden. And she's like, okay, I'm trusting you because you're saving me. And he's like, you need to tell. And so he, that, that's an interesting thing too, is that I think he, he talks to her and in the ancient language, he says like, I'm Aragon, I'm a friend. Right. But this is where you learn how they function. So just because he said he's a friend doesn't mean that he's not going to hurt her. Right. So she's like, hmm, you got to prove to me more that you're not going to. And so like she allow, he allows her access to his memories. And then he, she's like, okay. He's and then he's cool. also like, do you want to die? <laughs> so if you're looking at the map, she points out that the... Uh, that the the Varden are near the Beor Mountains, which is across the Hadarak Desert. Okay. And they must now travel that. And she they're on the time limit because she's dying from poison. Oh my god. It's like I think they say eventually they get there, but they say it's like 123 leagues in eight days. Yeah. Which, which feels like a lot. I don't know. I don't know what the what, what the, you want to do the conversions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? 123 leagues. 123 leagues. Is six hundred and eighty three kilometers. <laughs> what is that in American? Eighty three kilometers. Because the five K is like four hundred and twenty four miles in eight days. In eight days. In in a world with no cars, uh, can they run the dragon? So here's the thing, though. So she's so Arya's unconscious. Okay. So they're like, well, how do we carry her? So I know, I think I didn't touch upon either. So that you have to learn how to, you have to build a saddle for your dragon because the scales will fuck your shit up. So you, oh, so you can't just like. So they can't strap her on. So they, right. so they literally strap her to her stomach. That makes so sense. like the dragon's flying and this elf woman's just like, like on the front Quite like a, a fucking. That's fifty three miles a day, essentially. But it'd be a little bit more, but like with horses and with, and so they're like, fuck, like we gotta like get out of here. And they discovered that uh, they're being followed by the like he sent an army after them. So they're in the desert, like just getting what, chased. Yeah, what do we do? Like and all this stuff. And so they notice that they're like, huh? They're really closing this distance here. And you find out it's the Cole, they've sent Cole after them. Yeah. And so these dudes are just booking it, bionic just... through the desert. Yeah. And they're like, ah. They're called the Cole. The cold. You're not going to find good art. That's why I say if you look up Baphomet, the Yu-Gi-Oh card, okay. you'll find, I think, is a better representation of what they look like. Okay. In my mind. And that's the one I see in my head. Okay. Um, and so Aragon's like, you got me. And Murtag, we got to go together. We got to go to the Varden. And Murtag's like, I don't want to go to the Varden. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why not? He's like, I can't tell you, but I just don't want to go. You just have to trust me on this. We're, we're not like, doing it. He's like, I'm gonna drop you off, and then I, as you like enter, I'm gonna go like a side route. They're they're crimps on my blood. Yeah. This, ain't, this ain't gonna work. This isn't gonna work. He's a cool, but it's so like the location's in this gigantic valley. Yeah. And he's like, that's, that's yeah, that's kind of cool, yeah. And so he's like, I gotta get out of the valley somehow. Yeah. And they're like, well, you have a horse. I don't know how we're getting out of this valley. So he's like, well, okay. Um. 
Right, and so eventually, like, literally, like, the night before they arrive where the Varden should be, um, Murtog reveals that he is the son of Morzan, who is the leader of the Forsworn. Oh, okay, okay. okay. He's like, I, he's, he's like, and if I go to the Varden, I'm this child of, like, <laughs> fucking go, go, gobles or whatever. Yeah, like, girls, yeah. Uh, so they might not like me. <laughs> I'm gonna be a political prisoner. No, I, essentially, and Murtog's honestly, like, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. Just, I just want my swamp. I just <laughs> okay. want me and my horse. That makes a lot of sense. He doesn't want to be a political prisoner. He doesn't want to get messed. Like, yeah. And so they're like, so what was the deal? And he's like, so he's like, my dad had me with a woman named Selena. And he's like, now, now my, now, so, so he was like, my, so my dad met my mom in a village and I never figured out what village it was, but uh, he like was nice to her and she fell in love with the dragon mm-hmm. rider. Now Morzan is not a good man, right? As you can imagine, when you're part of when you're the leader of what is called the, the Force Sword, you're not probably a good person. And so he and so she essentially like like seduced her. And mm-hmm. She fell in love with him, and he's like, oh. And so he trained her on how to use magic and how to essentially be. He was she was known as like the Black Hand. Okay. So she would find stuff out in court, come back to him, and then he would like kill. Whoever it was. That was okay, that. okay. So she was just not a nice lady. No. <laughs> what it sounds like. Um, and so he's like, my father beat me. He's like, he shows him, like, my, he's like, my dad threw a sword at me. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, like, that's kind of hard. A big old that, that, that is hard to do. So my dad threw a sword at me. He beat me. He was mean to my mom. Like, fuck yeah. him. And then finally one day, I was tired of it. I escaped. Or no, he's like, I was I was able to be hidden because basically the, the, he didn't want his wife and child to be used as like a political tool against him. Gotcha. Because Morzan was the leader, so he wanted to have all the cards. Right. And so, um, eventually Galvatorx one day discovered me, and he said some really cool. Sh- he was like talking. He's like, "This is my grandmaster plan." Like, yeah. Like I'm gonna like there will be peace in my new empire. You know, you just follow me. Like, we'll, we'll, we will expand the empire. Right. We'll take over the world. It will be. We will create utopias. And everyone will have a good time. Yeah. So the Urgles. So no one knows. So the Urgles came from a land that's not part of the continent. So everybody's right. like, we'll kill all the Urgles. Yeah. They'll stop raiding villages and things like that. And uh, he's like, it'll be beautiful. You'll be fine. Like, we'll, we will rule this together as, you know, master and apprentice. Yeah. And so he was like, it sounded dope. I'm going to be honest with you. It sounded, it sounded like he got it, me. Yeah, he got he, me. He got me. <laughs> and so eventually he becomes, he's selected to lead this uh, battalion. And they're like, hey, you have to go to this town. We think they've helped the dragon rider. And this, so he's like, I've discovered you. Like, they're talking about each other. Yeah. So he's like, Gabatorx finds out there's a dragon rider. He's like, obviously it's you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you got to go destroy this village. And he's like, well, what about the people? He's like, I don't care about the people. You're just going to destroy all of it. And he's like, I don't think Albatorix is a good person anymore. Huh. Hold on, what about the utopia? Yeah, now that doesn't sound very utopia What about the healthcare of Albatorix? <laughs> none, none, none of my empire. And so he ends up, like, running away. And so, just aside, the character build, world building thing. So his horse's name is Tornak. And he's like, who's that Tornak? He's like, oh, he was like my friend who died. And this is how Tornak dies. On the way out, he gets, like, sniped out by, like, an arrow. And, yeah. And so he's like, I took off. I escaped the castle alone, and I've been on the run, essentially, ever since. 
I did hear stories of you, and I was like, huh, let me find the Dragon Rider guy and see what's up with him. Yeah. And that's how I found you guys in uh, Gilead, uh, in uh, Tyrm. No, Gilead, one of the cities. I can already see this becoming its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I already see it, like, morphing into its own... Oh, when we get into, like, the lore of, like, the Dragon Riders and, yeah. like, all that stuff, it gets really fun. Yeah. Um, so he's like, okay, that's where we're at, and now we're here. So they're not gonna like me, we're just gonna... But he's like, but Arya has, like, two days. So we... He's like, Murtog, I need you. And so one of the things that happens is... that It's a side story, but also character building, is they meet slavers. So okay. slavers try to, like kidnap them right and they're like pulling Arya and you know all magical ooh an elf right yeah. it, gets, it gets weird and creepy and so Aragorn and Murtaugh have like fought the devil right so they're like what are you guys gonna do this? yeah and so and so this is this is what you realize about the way they use dra- dragons are shock troopers yeah they come in hard and they go you go what the fuck uh, is this yeah so he's like, so Sapphira, and so she just dive bombs this group of dudes, and everybody's like, whoa. Whoa, they're mine, sorry. And so Mur- they capture the leader. Yeah. And so Murtaugh's like, okay, and just cuts his head off. <laughs> and Aragorn's like, why would you kill an unarmed man? Yeah. Like, That's not right. And he's like, well, he bought people. He took people and sold them, Aragorn. It's not a great dude. <laughs> if we're going to talk about bad things, he, he might be the worst. Yeah. And that's true. So Aragorn remembers seeing people being sold and stuff He's like, like oh, that. I and then Aragorn's like, mm, I don't like it. And Sapphira's like, well. Aragorn's like, Sapphira's bad. Well, it, it, it turns into like the pun. Have you ever seen that clip of the Punisher when he's talking to Daredevil in the TV show? No. And he's like, you put, you knock them down, they get back up. He's like, I put them down, they stay down. That's how that fight, like, that's yeah. the difference between us. That was Murtaugh's argument. Like, yeah. that's great, but I'm going to put the slaver down and he's going to stay down. Yeah. We took care of a problem. The Punisher has a point, man. <laughs> Just saying. And so everybody, so Aragorn's like, no, we can't do that. But Sapphire was like, I kind of get it. He was a danger. Yeah. Like, we had to take care of him. Like, should he do it a lot? No. But well, this time. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so so they're running, right? So they're going, and it's hot. You're in the desert. They can't fly. And that's the thing they do. Because they have the elf, they can't fly all together. Because she's not big enough to carry everybody. Right. So they have to... So he, so they have to, like, figure out, like, okay, you carry her for, like, an hour. And I'll ride with your horse. And, and, then, yeah. and then we rotate. And so that's how they're trying to, like... Do it. But meanwhile, the cold just fucking... <laughs> like an ultimate warrior. <laughs> Carrying two hobbits. Aragorn. Assume control. He's like, oh my god. And so eventually, they end up at uh, this area. And he has to yell like, I'm a dragon rider. Let us in. Here are the words. Please let us in. Right. And so and then like in her picture, she's she mentions a waterfall. And they're like, we got to jump in. And so they like dive into this waterfall. And then, so they eventually like they get pulled out. And there's like an orc. And this bald man. We don't like the bald man. Bald man ends up being a, a, a kind of a dick. So the orcs are their own thing? The the Not the orcs, the dwarfs. Oh, dwarfs. They're dwarfs. He's pulled out by a dwarf. Whose name is Auric. Oh, gotcha. That's what I got. And so, so literally, you know, like, this is going to sound bad, but you know, like, when they show, well, I think it's the same Private Ryan, when that wall falls down mm-hmm. and there's the Germans and they're all screaming at each other. Yeah. That's literally what the bald guy does. <laughs> so they're like all concussed from this. Yeah. Girl. He's like, who are you people? Why are you here? 
Ugh. And then Aragorn's like, I have a dragon. And he's like, I'll fucking kill Murtog. I swear to fucking God. You shut the fuck up. And Survivor's like, I'll kill him. <laughs> and Aragorn's like, I'll kill him. And the door's like, whoa, people. Whoa. 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 Let's bring it down. <laughs> oh, now the talking sponge wants to say something? <laughs> Let's leave it alone. Alone, people. <laughs> and so Oric is like, you need to... So basically, he's like, I need to delve into your mind. And so what they talk about when people delve, and if they're not really nice people, yeah. it's a very, like, exposing... Because they can they sift through your memory. And they, and they see what you... They see your thoughts. They see your emotions. They see the, the things you hold precious. Let's hope they never get me. <laughs> oh, Aragon's like, you're not going to come. Aragon, please! <laughs> well, so then, so, so Sapphire's like, I got you. So what he can do is mm-hmm. they can essentially, like, combine their mental strength. Okay. So Sapphire's like, I'm hiding this, I'm hiding this, I'm hi-, and he's going to go over it like it's normal. But So we'll let him see what we want him to see. Nifty. Yeah. Oh, okay, that shit's cool. And because she's a dragon, she can do that. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, like, Aragon mm-hmm. passes, despite, you know, here's the pizza, eat it, <laughs> fucker. You can like this. <gasps> <laughs> and so, and so the, the dwarf is like, you can't just be, like, interrogating people like this. Like, we're not monsters. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, the king, and so there's the man, the leader of the Varden is a man named Ajihad. Okay. He's like, Ajihad's gonna like be pissed about this. You can't just do this. He's like, I can do whatever I want for the safety of the Varden. I'm the whole Varden. I'm the sa- I am the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so he's like, Murtag is like, now it's your turn. And Murtag's like, I would rather die. <laughs> and he actually like weaves a good point. He's yeah. like, throughout my life, nothing has been mine except my except my own thoughts. And I'm not gonna let some like you come into my thoughts like it was that supposed to be <laughs> and like and invade me yeah, yeah, and, yeah, take, yeah. and take that the, the only well, thing, thing I have, I have. Saying, yeah and you're like maybe you should just let him go yeah keep him his thoughts Mur- Murtaugh's like this is why I don't want to be here Aragon this is why I told you this is going to be shitty <laughs> and here we are yeah. yelled at my bald man <laughs> in my face <laughs> like, ah. and so they're like okay they're like okay we'll take you to Ajihad Everybody, everybody's a political prisoner right now until we sort this out. Right. And so the the, or, the guy Oric is like, you've you've deemed Aragon safe, so you right. can't threaten him with killing Murtog because Aragon's trustworthy. So if you fuck up now, Ar- now the dragon guy is not gonna like us. Are the dwarves and Aragon just like your typical yes. like? They're just oh yeah. So so you 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 discover that. Um. So they take him to so you meet this man. So Ajihad is described as this. It was a very diverse cast. It was yeah. Just like strong, like African print, like king kind of yeah. like vibe. Like I think he has braids and like all this. Yeah. Very strong. Like it was a really cool guy. And he rules like with a just, but I, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, Aragorn meets him and he's like, so what do you want from me? And I just I was like, you can't just ask me that. I'm the leader. Yeah. But Aragorn's like, I'm a dragon rider. I know what that you guys are gonna want things from me. So what, off the top, what is it? Yeah, he's like, let's just we'll go a lot. And then he's like, and then I'll decide if I want to do it or not. Fair. He's like, you don't get to come into my house and make demands, little white boy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so so he's like, we're talking. We're gonna let you into your mind. And he's like, no, I'd rather die. And he's like, I know that voice. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, it's Morzan. He's like, you're his son, aren't you? Kind of like a, uh, but 
Aragon does, or, or Ajihad does mention, he's like, I've fought, like, the big dudes, and I've walked out of it. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you're like, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, so basically Aragon explains what happened to everybody. They take Emmertog away. Aragon explains his story. And so Ajihad's like, oh, like, did you, what was the Shade's name? Or he's like, when you fought the Shade, did it have, like, a cut, like, a big, like, slice in the middle of its sword? Like, like someone put it there? I knew that. He did, actually. Yeah. That's his thing. He's like, that was me. Yeah. One time for the one time. <laughs> Thank the, you. Yeah, put the one in there. Um, but I almost got him. <laughs> Would have gotten away with it too. And so he's like, "Okay, he's like, we're gonna talk about this, and then we're gonna like, well, let you know what you're gonna do." Uh, he then punishes Orc because Orc defied the command, his mm-hmm. commanding officer's rule, and he's like, "Your job now is you're just gonna take Aragon around. You're gonna be Aragon's guide." Yeah, yeah. Which in turn is a big political move because he's like, in theory. I'm not punishing him because the dwarves are letting us live here. Yeah. And I can't just punish one of their subjects without... Because right. the punishment for not listening to commanding officers is death. Right. He's like, I can't just execute people. No. Off the top like that. And so then, like... He's like... It basically, like, it sends him away. And he's like, okay. So basically now they talk to Orc and uh, uh, Aragon. He's like, we'll let you, like, unpack and stuff. And then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of right. everything. Um... Orc is the nephew of the, the, the dwarf king, whose name is Hrothgar. Hrothgar, great name. Uh, and kind of explains how it works. So basically, imagine, like, uh, Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the Gondors. Yes. Yeah. So imagine that in a in a, in a a mountain. That's, oh, it's like, um, oh, this is going to be real nerdy. It's like the dwarf city in, in WoW. Um, under some... <laughs> That's a Hang that's on. a deep cut. That I know, a deep cut, but kind of like that. I basically imagine Minas Tirith from Lord of the Rings, which yeah. is this giant city built into the side of a mountain, inside a mountain. Yeah, and so they're like Iron Forge. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. It's like this glorious city. Yeah, it's like what it's like when when Gimli's like Moria is so oh, great. Man. Yeah, it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, essentially. And it's actually really cool. So he explains that, like, it's gigantic. A lot of people don't really like living here because it requires so much resources. Right. But it's almost like Helm's Deep. He's like, it can hold our entire population, like, our entire race. We can chill in here. can live in here. And we can outlast sieges. Yeah. And he's like, we've only had to do it three times in our, like, culture, in our people's history. But, yeah. like, it, it wouldn't be. It came in clutch. Yeah. And so, uh, you do then find out... So, okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the Dragon Riders. So, when the Dragon Riders happen, what they do... So, Ajihad explains, there's a lot of political tension between us and the elves and the dwarves mm-hmm. for the Dragon Rider. Yeah. It's because back in the day, what they would do... So, eventually, they, he, people, everybody wanted an egg. Yeah. What they decided was, is that the peop, humans will get a try for, like, a year. Okay, it didn't work. We'll send it to the elves. And, then, and essentially what they do is they get all the children, they walk up to the egg, they put their hand on it. If it cracks open, yay! Right. If not, sorry kid, better luck next time. Right. And then the elves want to train the dragon rider. They want and so right, so now we're getting into politics. Who right. gets the train who gets to influence the dragon rider? Right. So the Varden want him because we need a dragon because we're fighting the devil. Right. The elves want him because traditionally most dragon riders were elves. And they Got you. We know the magic. We know we established the 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 culture with us. We yeah yeah. yeah. And then the, there's never been a, a dragon rider that's a dwarf. So the dwarfs are a little skeeved about that one. 
<laughs> we want one. We want one. We'll get it. When, keep playing your games, and we'll get you a day. We will get our rider. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> and it was magic, and it would be wonderful. And so that's like that's where Aragon gets thrown into that three way fight, fight over who gets dibs so, essentially. Yeah. And so he's like, "Well, how does everybody feel about me?" He's like, "Most of the dwarves, I'm gonna be honest, don't really like you." <laughs> he's like, "My uncle or like my the king Harathgar is sympathetic to the Varden's cause, which is why." But he can't really do much because it's a political thing yeah. and, and all that stuff. Um, so basically, he's like, so the agreement was is that as soon as the dragon rider is found, Brom gets to train him, mm-hmm. goes to the Varden, and then he, you go to the elves to finish your training. Right. That's what's going to happen. And he's like, don't know how that's... And so then Arya went missing. Arya is the princess of the elves. Oh! So there was some feelings... People were upset. <laughs> Elves were tense. <laughs> so he was like, I was walking a political tightrope that you could not imagine, you 15-year-old Ooh. child. <laughs> People were trying to kill me. Oh, yeah, I know. And so... Uh, so that's he's like, that's kind of where we're at with everything. That's what, you're gonna, that's what role you're going to play. You're like, you're gonna finish <laughs> but it. I'm a person. Yeah, but we're going to... Yeah. And he's like, all right, I agree to these terms. And he goes... And so that's an Oryx explaining the hall. It's called Farthendur, and it's this mountain city. Uh, and then meets two people. He meets uh, Nasuara, who is the daughter of Ajihad, mm-hmm. who is learning political craft in her own right. And then uh, his right, uh, Ajihad's right hand man, Jormunder, who's just like he's like your king of the guard. Like, yeah. Like what's his name? Halas, the, from Theoden. Oh you know, yeah, like, like yeah, he's yeah. right hand guy. Uh, and then he runs into uh, he runs into Angela and Solomon again. They just pop up. Is that? And they're like, "What's up?" She's like, "I thought change the scenery." Sup, fucker? She knows she and she kind of does that like, yeah. "Huh? You know, I just thought we needed to change. Felt right to be here. I'm still here now. Yeah, selling stuff. Selling. <laughs> and so Solomon's like, "What's up?" Like, yeah. He's like, "Huh? This is strange." Now. Uh. They they t- so you discover that in Farthender they had a cave for dragons to go chill while the riders were pol- political right. and stuff like that. So they uh, as Aragon is leaving, this woman just holds this baby up, <laughs> and it's like she I raised this child. You must bless it, please. And so Aragon puts her hand his hand on it and does like in the ancient language. May this he says this phrase. Um. I won't tell you what the phrase is yet because it plays a role. Actually, this baby will become a major character. Oh, really? In this, yes, this That's child a... will. Um, and it is an example. Actually, you know, what? fuck it. I'll just explain. So he 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 tells, he says, "May you be a shield from pain and despair." He meant to say, "May you be shielded." Oh. And remember, the ancient language is very literal about yeah. what it wants. So because he said that, it kind of changes the course of this child's life. <laughs> and he doesn't know this at the time. Yeah. In the later books, they're like, no, you you, you used the wrong verb. You, you kind of doomed him. So this child, uh, I'm not going to say her name off the top, but essentially she essentially has a compulsion to save people. Oh. And any time that she can't, she like vomits, like go get sick. 
That's cool. So she's plagued by this need. She's like, I could feel the man who burned his arm. Like, I need to go help him. Right. But she's like, I can't act on everybody getting hurt. So I will... I, I My body rejects me, essentially. That's right. And Aragorn's like, my bad. Ooh, I'm sorry. Oops. Probably can't fix it. Okay, well, I got things to do. <laughs> so that, that comes up in the later books. But just kind of like an example of mm-hmm. like Aragorn carrying a lot of weight now. Right. Um, he goes and visits Murtaugh and is like, yo, why didn't you just say, you know, you were the guy and all this shit? And he's like, well, you know, like, I just want to be left alone, dude. Yeah. That's really it. And they're not going to leave me alone. And they're not going to leave me alone. So I'll just be in here until, huh? Uh-huh. Um, you meet the twins and they are some assholes. So one of them, one half was the guy that was screaming at everybody. Yeah. But you discover that they're they enjoy invading people's minds and like fucking with them. Yeah, and so they're not. So he gets tested by them, uh, and then he meets Arya because Arya's up and walking again, mm-hmm. and he's like, she. So she tried to invade his mind once um, when she she was unconscious, and he's like, it was like, <laughs> he's like, um, it was there was nothing I could do. <laughs> The game. It was like Derrick Henry with a full head of steam. Just she running. saw what I think. <laughs> like literally, like he's like, there was nothing I could do. She just steamrolled through him, and that's the thing. And also, too, so even the weakest elf can mm. take a human in a fight, right? And that's he's like, you're a girl, uh, yeah. you're a pretty. Uh, so Aragorn develops his infatuation with her, and he's yeah. like, well, let's let's you know, little let's see what's up. Yeah, what's going on? You know, I could I could be Brom. He was. I might be able to be you. Oh no! Yeah, elves are like essentially like like space marines. Right, and then she's, she's like, faster, stronger. She's like, I'll kill you. Ten. He's like, I'm in. I'm into it though. Yo, he's like, huh? <sighs> Lada, we'll discover something about myself today. You gotta put me in the hold. No, yeah. it actually hurts. <laughs> oh no! You can't stop my erection <laughs> with magic. Good luck. You can try. <laughs> you ho. Eventually, uh, the Cull are able to break through their defenses, and so and they've established, like, hey, they're coming. Like, yeah. You know. And then it turns into a big fight. Uh, Sapphire discovers a fire. So that's actually one of the things, too. So Aragorn's like, can you breathe fire, like, in the stories? And he's right. like, actually, it takes a while. Uh, it's not until they're full, like, a certain age when they can breathe fire. And then the older they are, the longer they can breathe, breathe fire. fire. And so... So, this army is led by Durza. And he's like, I'm back, fucker! Sup! I'm here to kill you, Aragorn, you bitch! And they fight, and it starts off as a war, as a mental battle. And so he gets overwhelmed, and Durza catches him across the back with a sword. Mm -hmm. Um, Aragorn's fucked at this point. Yeah. Uh, Arya and Sapphira go, "How how do we distract them, essentially? Um, and so they're, they're fighting at the top of, it's like multiple cavern systems. Right. So they're fighting at the top and there's this giant sapphire that's like the symbol of the dwarven people. It's called the, the Isidar Mithrim. And they break it <laughs> to distract him. And then Aragorn is like, I want my father back, you son of a bitch. And then like stabs him in the heart. Uh, he then falls into a coma and then um, is contacted in the dreamscape by a man named Ormus, the man who is known as the cripple who is whole. <laughs> I, 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 he's going to become the king in Game of Thrones here in a little bit. <laughs> uh, 
uh, who tells him that you must come to the elven capital of Elismera. To con- uh, and you will have all basically the answers you seek, Aragon, will be answered in time. Um, Aragon wakes up with a scar across his back, and that is like, in his mind, he's like, oh, I'm like Murtaugh, because Murtaugh has a scar mm-hmm. against his back. Um, and resolves, I will journey to the land of the elves to continue my training. Because I fought a, I fought a shade, and that, right. got, that got a little touch and go. So I need to I need to I go. go. I I, I, beat, the, to, I beat the mini boss for this book, but I yeah, yeah. I must go to Dagobah yeah. to learn from a Yoda, and that is essentially how the book ends. Um, they they, they defeat the the call. Um, they defeat the Urgles. Yeah, but they they get in. They fuck up a lot of it, and uh, that's kind of where it is. He's like, we're gonna go, and we're gonna not, and then the next book starts with them doing cleanup operations. So like the beginning of that book, yes. Very Star Warsy, mm. and there is like some like some time. I feel like by the end of it though, it was quickly becoming its own kind its of, own yeah. thing. Yeah, like yeah, it had like that basis of it. But I can't really see how you could be like, oh yeah, it's a, it's it's a one for one. It's not. And by the end there, it had its own thing. It was mm-hmm. breaking off its own paths. Oh yeah, no, it definitely has its own. Uh, it has its own thing. I um, honestly expected it to be much more of like a, cut, like cookie cutter. Yeah, like a much more cookie cutter story. Because even like I've told you, like the Wheel of Time, the first book, is literally the, the, the Fellowship of the, the Ring. Yeah, pretty much down to like the whole structure. They literally fight like a Balrog type thing. Like yeah, yeah, happens yeah, yeah. in all the same spots. I thought it would be much more like that. that. No, yeah, no. It, it does take its own life, and he does, like I said, he does a good job of, like, explaining the lore, mm-hmm. and, like, Brahm's a really big, like, lore dumper yeah. for people and stuff, and it's, it took, a, I think having the dragon, and he really fleshes out later, Here, let me let me tell you how the, the yeah. I'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek on how the next book starts. So it begins, so it's three days after the battle of, uh, um, oh, what is it called? Why am I blanking on the, the, the city? Uh, I have it. Uh, oh, Farthender. Mm. There we go. The city of Trondheim. And so, what essentially is happening uh, is they are leading like like uh, like kill squads into, okay. the, into the tunnels. Okay. And they're just murdering the rest of the Urgles that have broken away. So you find out that this uh, essentially that the Urgles were under the spell of Durza, and oh. when he died. They went, "What are we doing here?" And so, like, some took off, some yeah. stayed, and are so like, and those are the ones that are hunting. Um, Ajihad uh, is ambushed and killed. Oh, really? The twins and Murtog are missing, assumed dead. Okay, so, so and that's how a, the book starts, and that's what I'm gonna leave it at. That's actually that's really good. That's that was lit. I read that. I was like, what? Yeah, no, because it, it kind of sets up Ajihad as being this like, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna teach you politics to protect you while we're. Yeah, and then when you're ready to fly off on your own, then we'll do that. But I'm gonna be your, I'm gonna be the dude yeah. still. Because Ajihad is done is like the guy who's kept everybody in line. Yeah. So he he dies, and then it becomes Game of Thrones. And everyone's fighting, and because his daughter is assumed to assume the mantle, and so she's like, "Man, ready for this?" Oh, and it gets it get this book is so much fucking fun. I love this book. Yeah. This one from here on essentially it gets really good. Do the, uh, the the general critical consensus get better for every book? Oh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Let's find out. Well, oh. Let's find out. Huh. Don't look at the reviews, Daniel. Huh. 
I like it. What the fuck? <laughs> Don't look at it. Um. Wow. Okay. Uh, Eldest received generally negative reviews. Really? Met with criticism similar to Aragon for its derivative nature. School Library Journal noted that Eldest lacked originality, but would still find reception amongst fans. Okay, who's reading School Library Journal? No. The same people reading in the thing about (laughs) criticism, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh... Brook Brook Browse also criticized it and said, but like School Library Journal noted, nothing the reviewers can say will stop some children from reading this. Oh, fuck off. Entertainment Weekly rated it as one of the five worst books of 2005. 700-page drag. Huh. But what, wow. was the, what, what was the Goodreads score? I don't know. Let's find that out, too. All right, kids, we're really delving into this one. Duh. Or are you, my dear friend, number one of them? Inheritance cycle. Inheritance. I'm a little upset. I'm going to be honest. 4.02. That's good. That is good. 420,000 reviews. That's good. No, that's good. I th- ah, this is wild. A lot of statements. Don't look at the top one. Don't look at the top negative uh, one. Is it? No. Shrek, I'm looking at it. <laughs> don't, don't look at it. Okay. Um. Wow. Uh. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh. Also, really fast. This is a big segue. Uh. What do you think? Uh. The two towers has on Goodreads. Four point two five. Ah. Four point four eight. Four point four eight. How much do you think the Return of the King has? Four point five. Four point five six. Yeah. That feels about right. Yeah. Huh. That's actually wild for me. Uh, to like that, the fact that so many people hated it. Because this book... I remember this book the clearest. It was probably too... It was probably just cool to hate on it at a certain point. I think so. I think it was right in that. But I will say, so preview for the next time we would do The Eldest and so that. Roran gets his character... Roran becomes a bad man. Oh, bad! He becomes a bad like he. You know, he has a character arc that's up there with like some of the great like really like characters. I think that's awesome. Yeah, he gets he becomes a lot of fun. No, I'm no, I'm excited to hear more about the series because, like I said, I expected it to be pretty much just like a like like a boilerplate one for one. But like, it seems like it really like took off. It really took off. Because because by, by the end of it I was like oh this is like like these are interesting concepts this is its own thing like yes it had the bones but like everything has the bones of something else yeah, my god I agree well I appreciate your willingness to hear my psychosis because like because I really do love this series and I hate when like I hate when things that you it was meant for, it was meant for kids like, yeah. okay. so there's, there's a Freddie Prince Jr. interview that was out for Star Wars I don't know if you've seen the video but, but he's like the s- 4, 5, and 6 were made for a group of kids Yeah. 1, 2, and 3 were made for another group, group of kids. kids and then 7, 8, 9 were made for another group of kids and when you look through with the lens of like a cynical adult it's like come on like yeah it's about a kid who is given the keys I think the biggest thing though is that a lot of people call him like a Gary Stu like yeah. Gary Stu but um, I like that he has, and because usually it's done in 
like roundabout ways ways like he didn't save somebody they die oh my right. like god it's like a Peter Parker thing I think the whole like him blessing a child and not realizing that it was a curse is a, is a cool twist on that that is a cool twist on it's that. like a subtle it's a very subtle way it's not like a world breaking thing no because that's constantly what they tell Aragon is like you will shape events you don't understand because he's a 15 year old kid yeah. you don't understand the, the impact you with the power uh, you've been you have a lot of power yeah and I feel like in like 4, 5, and 6, Obi-Wan really doesn't explain that to Luke. No. Like, you're going to be a guy at some point. No. It's more like, yeah. let's go save this planet. Luke was a staring on the barrel of a lightsaber <laughs> about ready to turn it on. <laughs> Waiting for nothing but death. Yep. So, like, uh, like, it got, like I guess. Again, it's that whole reading the reviews and like that thing you really held. Like, oh, my God. But I like the... It's wild to me that like people were like, no, this is awful. No, that, no that's happened to me before with like music because, like, as you like music, like, there'll be a music that I love, right? And then I'll read a review of it. It'll be like, oh, I'm like, you what? baboon. Well, yeah, no, exactly. Like, what are we? What are we listening? What are? What are you not hearing? It's but it's like chips that. hitting symbols together. Yeah, it's got that joy of like. So sometimes I miss that, like when I did it. Look at like I've yeah I fallen off looking at reviews and stuff the older I've gotten because it's just cynical because there was a time when I definitely got way too into it mm-hmm. and I, I did too like, I needed to like read reviews to know I, if it was good or not so you could know if it was good or not or, like if I liked something I needed to see that it was like a validated mm-hmm. a thousand percent and like I got really into that to the point where it would almost like cripple my enjoyment of things because yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, I, I needed I needed what I liked to also be like yeah it's cool I promise no it is cool so it was like that thing but I the whole, thankfully a little bit maturing but the older I've gotten the, the less I've actually looked at review like the more I'll look, the most I'll look at anything really mm-hmm. is just like um, overall like star reviews yeah I feel like that's almost more accurate because I feel like most people will just be like just like an actual. <laughs> Like rating, yeah, like that, like that one place. This is you know two, three and a half stars. You won't hate it. That's, I love it. That this is literally, that's literally it. I think because we've talked about it too. Like, like if I go on my anime list, just, just, just look at the star rating. Just look at the out of ten. The like, fucking the devil, like it's wild. The devil writes reviews on my anime list. Go on any any popular anime, like and like pretty much. Uh, look at the top reviews. They're all just a bunch of people pretending that they're better than you because they don't enjoy it. Yeah, and you're like, okay, well, you didn't like it. Oh, also, really fast. Sorry, this is another component I totally forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so this may be maybe rudimentary. This maybe I feel this feels like something from another old magic system. Um, but uh, you have two names. Okay. So you have the name you're given when you're born. Yeah. And then you have like your ancient language name. And so if someone learns it, they have power over you. But it can change over time depending on how your character changes. That's cool. And, like, so that can, like, so some people are like, well, I'm cursed. Well, if you change, like, who you are, like, you change who you are yeah. on a fundamental level, it'll change your name and that breaks, like, the curse. That's cool. So that, that's a kind of another component that will come into play later. That's I like that. Yeah. I like that. So I was, like, reading something. No, no, no. I, I like that. Name and I was like, oh. But I love it. Don't take this from me. me. <laughs> Motherfuckers. But, well, that was oh, a lot of fun. I love I hope, that. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the the farm boy who nothing but a but a man in his dragon, dragon. fighting the empire. You know, Han Solo had Chewy. He has Fyra. <laughs> He's got hot elf, help hot elf lady. Who he wants to he gets at. He tries to get at multiple times. Big. Like he's like, listen. Does he ever land the plane? That would reveal... I reveal too much now. But she rebuffs him many a times. Big. Something to look forward to? She's like, I'm 100, dude. 
I, she's like, I think she's like, I've lived six times what you've been alive. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool to me. <laughs> like older in, women. In 2000s, that'd be called the middle of... Whoa! Whoa! Well, thank you everybody for listening to the story of Aragon, the farm boy with the dragon, and his overthrowing the evil empire. Thank you, Zach, for listening to my drivel, apparently. Anytime, baby. Uh, do we have anything for the people? Oh, before we leave, uh, anything for the people you want to talk about? What are we doing? What are we, what are we doing next week? I think next yeah. week... Uh, so, so so next week is a toss-up. Okay. I'm either going to do uh, Spawn. Big. Either Spawn or the hit sequel. <laughs> To oh, it ends with us. And, uh, it begins with us. It begins with us. I love I love the dichotomy between uh, aggressive nineties, aggressive night, or a romance book, or a romance book. Both involve the devil. <laughs> so I don't know. It's true. Which is kind of funny because like I had never heard of Colleen Hoover till a couple weeks ago. And I don't know if it's because like, my phone listens to me, but now I'm getting like all these YouTube recommendations. Because like, oh, now no. it's the big thing for people to like review yeah. her books, and I think they look at them more cynically than I <laughs> look at them. But yeah, it's not that big a deal. No, they're like, we hate this popular thing. How people... dare you? Yeah, it's like yeah. it'd be like that sometimes. It do be, but yeah, it's. It's one of those two, and we're gonna figure it out. Either way, there will be darkness. And there will, someone's gonna be upset. Someone's gonna be upset. There will be a negative review <laughs> that someone took personally. A hundred percent. All right, everybody, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Lori Time Pod, at Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podcast Music, iHeartRadio. Uh, regular radio. No, regular, regular radio. radio I wish. Uh, we, Pirate Radio. Um, we are on threads, which I've heard is dying, uh, at Lawyer Time Pod. Uh, if you're listening right now, we are in the process of having stickers made Big. to begin the merch battle that we will... <laughs> the end game, really, of I'm all tired. of this. I'm tired. <laughs> I need to leave this place, Morpheus. <laughs> the smell. It is the smell. It repulses me. Um, but yeah, so we will, we will be posting pictures of that. So if you're interested, we will talk about that at a, probably by the end of this week. They should be in. Um, and that will be the beginning of our merch merch journey. Much like okay. the Aragon and his dragon. Um, it's the boy in his stickers. It's the boy in his stickers, man. Get the kids away from me. But again, anytime, uh, everywhere podcasts are, uh, please don't forget to review and rate. And please tell your friends. We've had a bit of a boom in the past week. I think about an increase of like 30 listens or something. Mm. Oh, we hit Australia, apparently. Oh, we're, we're crossing borders. Where we, 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 someone was like, the Women's World Cup or Lori Time. Lori Time podcast. Where we went. A shout out to our Australian friends. Yeah, yeah, hopefully you listen to this episode. All right, thank you, everybody. And good night. <laughs>